five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Get a little tiki hoodie. Yeah, it feels good. Let's just all go to the tiki hut and have today's show at the tiki hut. Maybe we could have uh, mocktails or uh, coffee with rum or whatever we want or need to get us through our, our tiki day. How was everybody? How you doing? Let me uh, let me get this off my uh, computer here. Hey, it looks like we got chat and everything. We're aligned. So I think Grand Funk Railroad set some kind of a record uh, with with that show because they I think they sold it out in like record time and. Uh, and they filled the whole damn stadium up, which was uh, which was good. Let me see. Let me moderate this chat. Who do we have? Uh, there's my man Michael and Tomas. What's happening? SP Dimples in the house. SP Dimples. Did they have uh, big uh, concerts like that in Europe? Did you attend those as a young lass? I know that they had uh, like what Rothskild and uh, Donington, Isle of Wight, Glastonbury. Um, who else do we have here? Uh, Beth Berry, a different kind of berry, not a Glastonbury, but a Beth Berry. She's here. There she is, CC Jones. Fran getting ready to plan her pilgrimage to the average white band concert in Virginia Beach. Crossfire Cat, what's happening? Double C. There she is, the beautiful one. The lovely one, Wendy says. Kelly B, it's the Kraken now. Robert needs to get Kraken on the show. You're right. Good one. I like that, Kelly. Uh, Miss Nakia, back. What's happening? Past Lives Matter, Equacentric. Checking in. Great tune. I love that song. I think it's probably maybe top three in the Grand Funk catalog. And I'm not, I'm not a huge Grand Funk Railroad fan, but I like that song. And we're just a different species, man. From the band to the audience. Just a different species. And did you notice all the uh, American... Paraphernalia, the Stars and the Stripes. It must have been around 
um, the, uh, the time of the uh, centennial. That's what I would say. Although I'm not clear about the actual date. Uh, let's see. What's going on, Bo? They won't let GFR into They won't. Wow. That they should be. You know, back in the day when Grand Funk Railroad was popular, the critics hated them. They were like, like all those guys in New York and the Village Voice, and they were like, you know, New York Dolls, thumbs up, Grand Funk Railroad, thumbs down. Um, let's see, who else do we have? Seems we have been spared the yacht song, title notwithstanding. Yes, yeah. You know, good call about the captain thing, because it does not qualify as yacht. But there, there is the yacht theme with the captain in uh, GFR. What's going on, D. Tiffer? Good to see you. From what I've heard, GFR were treated badly by their managers. I think they lost money, which is not uncommon. What type of yacht are we on today? We are on a rock yacht. With rocking chairs. Are they still around? No, I don't think all three of the guys are still alive, but I don't think they're into hanging out with each other anymore. That's my sense. Uh, let's see, Hucklebuck, 411, hang and laundry. Men were more masculine than very apparent in old videos. Absolutely. So this is back when I was on Facebook. I posted a picture of a high school football team from the 70s. These motherfuckers were wearing mustaches, right? Some were sporting, you know, kind of kind of barely beards. It, just the size and the shape of the people was just different. Right? We're we're a different species now. We have been chemically engineered and farmed we have been biologically altered we have been socially hacked and we're a different species and people wonder why we can't get along it's almost as obvious as a time when the crow magnons and the neanderthals were walking the earth together they were a different species and we're different species now. How are we supposed to communicate? I mean, we, we don't share in many ways the same genetic telomeres. They're not communicating. The signals are off. This is what happens. Something very insidious has taken place with the so-called human race. The rock yacht. There you go. There you go. Maria, what's happening, Maria? Good to see you here. Europa checking in. That's true, Pastor Mark Farmer became what he was. Mark Farmer, Farmer became a Christian. A lot of those guys did. They're like, fuck this. This is some devil shit. I'm getting out, man. I'm getting out. There are people who didn't get out. Tommy Boland did not get out. Tommy Boland. Great guitar player. Um, he got caught up in some 
bad stuff in Los Angeles. He sang about it. Chase the Devil. Oh, man. Who else do we have here? Oh, uh, I love, I love. Great music choice for Woden's Day. Thank you. One AI, best $3 ticket back in the day. If Cream and CCR had a baby. That's a, that's a good call, actually. Power Trio, man. GFR were a power trio. Great cover of GFR of looking inside, looking out. Okay. Tom's got a link there. Check it out. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. We got some, we got some love hanging. We got some love happening. Oh, thank you, SP. My mother complimented me on my shirt today. It's one of that's a bonus of having my mother around. She gets to uh, approve or disapprove of my attire. So <clears throat> you and my mother have a similar shirt taste. Pina Colada, Kelly, you got it. Pina Colada for Kelly. Pina Colada is good. It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, we got um, my man, Steve. Thor at the door. What's happening, brother? Good to see you in here. Micro Blue. That concert was at Shea Stadium. Not as a young lass, because almost nobody would come to the Balkans in the 90s. It was kind of a little off the map, wasn't it? For a lot of tours. Have you ever heard of a guy by the name of uh, Laszlo Hortabagi, SP? He also went by the name of Sons of Arca. Great artist, by the way. Wow. If you guys want to trip out, check out some Sons of Arca. A-R-Q-A. If you like kind of spacey, ragged dub stuff, there you go. Oh, you enjoy the Astro weather. Thank you, Janet. Texas is checking in. Texas Janet. Led Zeppelin dropped GFR from their tour because they're hard to follow on stage. They unplugged their equipment. I can see that. GFR were very popular. They were an American band. They were the working class American band. Uh, let's see. Well, just writing about USA flag clothing, as you said that. There you go. They were representing. No pink flags there. No rainbow flags there. Males came in all kinds of shapes and sizes when I was in high school. Chemtrail, soy, GMO foods, pharmacia, the new species. You got that right, Crossfire. Absolutely. Working on rafters and a roof today, left foot, right foot, getting closer every day. You be careful up there, Bo, one step at a time, brother. There's a spot in Oahu, Hawaii that looks so much like this, minus the boats in the bay and the tables. I could spend my life there. For some people, Hawaii is really the cradle of paradise. Hawaii is one of those places where if you are meant to be there, the island will just take you in and will be, how do they say, the kind? If you're not meant to be there, it will spit your fucking ass out. And I've had that happen on a couple of occasions. We were more feral in the 70s. Absolutely. We were more feral. We were more free range. We were not bound by the visible and invisible rules of how one 
should live one's life or who one should hang out with. Nobody was telling people that hanging out with certain people was bad for business or just bad for your vibes or whatever, 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 whatever they use now to justify not hanging out with people that are outside of your, um, let's say zip code, right? There was a lot of cross pollination back then. Uh, who else do we have here? Disco sapiens are taking over. Not Steve always has some uh, good Bon Mots in here. Loved Bolin. Bolin was amazing. I think uh, Teaser and uh, uh, what's the one that has Busting Out for Rosie on it? Private Eyes. Man, those are good records. Post Toasty. Saw Tommy Bolin before he died at Palace Theater. Wow. That's saying something. Scrubby's camera, what's happening? You must be from the future, Robert. Oh, man. You know what? I thought that at, at times as a kid. I actually thought I was from the future, believe it or not. But at some point in time, I kind of dropped that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here we go. Who else we have here? Nicholas Grimm, what's happened? Nicholas, good to see you. Welcome. And oh, welcome CN stuff as well. Code alerts the smoke and ash from fire is not here in Michigan yet. I think I'll talk a little bit about that today. Oh, yeah, Astrid and Gilberto passed away. Wow. I saw her uh saw her daughter. Very good concert. Love. I love the uh I love the tropicalismo sound of Brazil. I love it. One of my favorite genres of music. Maybe I should play some of that. Why don't we go on a little tropicalismo journey? We'll get into some uh, Milton Nascimento, some Maria Batania and Ivan Lins. Let's do that. Titano Veloso. All right, who else do we have? Harriet Bowie. Things today is like living with an abusive spouse or parent. I know, right? Kelly says, I was, uh, I was there single with a baby on a high school band trip. It wasn't the very best experience, right? But it was a wonderful trip to see how beautiful it is over there. Hawaii is paradise. Long-haired hippies need to play. And, you know, unfortunately, they made it a living hell for people during COVID. That was that was a shame. Too early for a black pill. Sorry. Oh, well. How about a gray pill? A little gray pill, yeah. Uh, Henry J. Kaiser. Henry J. Kaiser Event Center. I've been there. I've been there. Okay. Let's um let's get into kind of a a uh, a bit of a follow up from yesterday's show. Because once I get onto a topic, I I kind of like to do as much as I can to uh, to drain some more information out of it. So one of the things that goes along 
with this whole ESG score for uh, businesses is something called the CEI. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the CEI, but I'm going to bring it to your attention here. And this is brought to you by the people who started the human rights campaign. You know that little little sticker, the equal sign, when they were pushing uh, same-sex marriage all across the country? My ex-wife had one of these on her, on her car, on her bumper. She's, we were married at the time. I was like, uh, okay. So I made up my own bumper sticker. You could do that, you know. And uh, my bumper sticker was, and I, this is true, I actually made it up. A day without chemtrails is like a day without cancer. And I had, chem, I had a chemtrail picture on my bumper sticker. I used to drive that thing around Berkeley. And of course, she would be so fucking pissed that I had this. Well, you've got your bumper sticker. Why can't I have my bumper sticker? And then I was in Andronico's parking lot one day in Berkeley. And you know, Berkeley's just filled with lefties. And this guy came up to me and says, What is your bumper? An old lefty, what does your bumper sticker mean? And I looked around and I looked up. I said, You see that thing? It's called the chemtrail. You know what's in that? So I educated him. I educated him on the chemtrail. I'm not sure if he got anything out of it, but, and then one day I came out and my bumper sticker was gone. Gee, I wonder who took it off. Anyway, this is the uh, corporate equality index. And these are, uh, this is the, uh, the LGBTQ side of putting pressure on corporations like, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, uh, InBev. So let me read you the uh, the paragraph here. I'm not going to give them my cookies, by the way. You can't have my fucking cookies. As the national benchmarking tool measuring policies, practices, and benefits pertinent to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer LGBTQ plus employees, the Human Rights Campaign Foundation's Corporate Equality Index is a primary driving force for LGBTQ plus workplace inclusion. Data from the CEI tells the story of nearly two decades of year-over-year growth in the adoption of these critical policies and practices indicative of employers' commitment to equality. So here we go. Best places to work for LGBTQ plus Equality. Well, let's take a look at some of those best places, shall we? We got 842 businesses that they qualify. 3M, Abbey V, Abercrombie Fitch, Aberdeen Standard Investments, Accenture, Adidas, Adobe, ADP, Advanced Micro Devices, Acom, AIG, Air Liquid, Air Products and Chemicals, Airbnb, Airbus Americas. Airlines Reporting Corporation, Akami uh, Technologies, Ackerman LLP, Akingham Strauss Howard and Field LLP, Alcon Incorporated, Alight Solutions. I'm not going to go through all these, but there's a lot of fucking companies here. American Airlines, Amazon, AMC. They all have the seal of approval. 
Anschutz Entertainment Group. That's interesting. Philip Anschutz was considered to be this kind of Christian fundamentalist uh, who was in charge of steering entertainment to the right. Well, yeah, look here, Anheuser-Busch companies. Well, I wonder how well they're doing because uh, they did not stand up for uh, Mr. Mulvaney. Didn't do that. They may take a hit here. But look at all these companies. Arconic. Oh, yeah. Of course, Arconic is in. AstraZeneca, AT&T. These are some big fucking corporations. Baker Tilly, Baker Botts, Bank of the West, Barclays, BASF. And the list goes on and on and on and on. So if you're a look, Carlisle Group, hey, look. The company that's in charge of reconstruction after global deconstruction, they're in. They're in on it. Good for you, Carlisle Group. Schwab, Chobani. Oh, yeah. You know what this is like? This is like um, being rated kosher for your food, right? Like you pay somebody to give that little K seal of approval on your food. And who knows, your food may be kosher, but if you don't pay for the K seal of approval, somebody who's interested in having a kosher, you know, food product might just go on to the next product that has that K. It's the, it's the same concept. Right. Is your business kosher enough? Are you doing enough to support corporate equality? And this is just one part of the octopus or the tentacle. And yesterday we looked into um, the ESG stuff. And when you get into the whole ESG world, I mean, you're, th it's, this is part of it, right? These, these orgs, these non—I wouldn't say the ESG stuff is a nonprofit. The human rights campaign is definitely a nonprofit, but they work hand in glove, and they're working with the World Economic Forum, which you're going to see here in a minute. And when you put them all together, it is an octopus-like network that has its tentacles in all these businesses, and it's not just the businesses themselves. It's the special interests, whether they're special interests of the individual or the special interests of the ecology, they all have to be represented. And the amount of red tape that people who have businesses are going to have to go through moving forward is going to be enormous, right? Just in order for you to make sure that you're certified, whether it's here with the CEI or whether it's through BlackRock or State Street or Vanguard with their ESG scores, you're gonna have you're gonna have to go out and get a third party to manage your shit, right? And we went through all those third parties yesterday. They're just they're just sitting there, they're just waiting, they're just sharpening, you know, their utensils so that when they get into the game, right? They're ready to go. They're ready to essentially make sure that you stay in business by paying them 
so that they can let you know where you're not being compliant. The whole thing to be smacks of a shakedown. Now, James Lindsay did a um, 60-minute piece on this a couple days ago, which is quite good, actually. He got off the uh, the Gnostic uh, bandwagon for a minute and, and kind of got into this stuff, specifically the CEI, Corporate Equality Index. And he notes where it comes out of it comes out of this human rights campaign. And in both instances, whether it's the corporate equality index or the ESG scores for uh, these corporations, he notes, and I agree, and I would note with him that this is a shakedown scam, right? This is no different than a guy coming to your shop in Little Italy in the uh, 1920s and say, hey, you need a little protection there. You know, there's a lot of bad things happening to the businesses in this area, and I, I'm somebody that can help you, okay? And, uh, you know, all you got to do is pay me a little bit of money. And uh, you pay me the money, and I'll make sure nothing happens to you. We'll work, you'll be good. And the business owner says, eh, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here, you dirty wop. Next thing you know, some shit happens, right? Not enough to ruin the business, just enough to get his attention. And it's, who do I make that check out to? Oh, oh, listen, listen, listen. When I come by and I need something, you just give it to me, okay? We don't have to be so formal. And then it comes by and he, you know, takes something, whatever he needs. Money, maybe it's a product, maybe needs a favor. This is how it works. Some people, they're on a strict weekly basis. It's a protection racket. It's extortion. And that's what's going on here. Businesses are being extorted. They're being extorted by that group. And they're being extorted by... BlackRock and Vanguard and Blackstone and State Street, you name it, they're being exploited. Okay, 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 I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay. Not everybody can pay. Not everybody's going to be able to hire one of these third parties who will, what, make sure you're compliant. And what's going to happen if you can't afford the third party? Oh, let, me, let me go talk to them. I'll talk to them. We'll, 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 we'll make sure you're complying here. Let me look at the list of your latest hirees. Oh, my. I think what we need to do in order to get you to be compliant is you're going to have to replace a couple people on your board. Because your scores are really low right now. We have some worthy candidates that we think would be a great fit for your business. And your score will certainly uh, rise as a result of employing these people. 
Really? Oh, yeah. Just trust us. That's what happens. Now, all of a sudden, you got two people on the board, and before you know it, you're, they got your business. And your business is woke, totally woke. Not just partially woke, not doing the, the, the perp woke walk, but totally woke. Seen it happen. Talked about my friend Richard and his publishing company. It was a takeover. It was a putsch, a revolution. Takeover the printing presses. And this is how it works, right? And some businesses won't be able to do that. They won't be able to afford it. What's going to happen to those businesses? Well, they'll get subsumed by these other companies. And they'll come in and they'll say, hey, look, we know you can't run this, uh, this business based on what's being required of you. Won't you, uh, won't you join forces with us and come on in and, you know, we'll give you, we'll give you a little bit of a seat at the table. Well, you might get one for a while, or they may just say, look, your, your business is fucked. You sell, sell us your business pennies on the dollar because it's about all you can get right now. You're not gonna be able to compete with us or anybody else who can afford to go through these third parties and make sure these third parties are working for us so that we can be compliant. Even the term compliant around all of this feels subservient, right? You're going to be compliant. You're going to bend. Sorry about that. Little off stage or off camera dialogue, which I might have to tend to sooner than later. Good news is on the home front, um, we actually, I think, found somebody to help out during the uh, morning hours for situations like this. So, yeah, something good. Anyway, um, let me show you. I ran across this list of businesses that uh, are related to the exact subject that we're talking about. Where are we? Um, I thought I bookmarked this thing. Give me one second here, I apologize. Um, bu -bu -bu -bum. That's not it. Mm, shoot. All right, let me do this. There it is, I found it. All right. Pretty simple, simple fix. Yep. All right. So let's go to the World Economic Forum and their website. Let's look at their partners. These are all, the, and I'm not going to go through all of them, right? But the World Economic Forum, CEI, BlackRock, ESG, they're all working together. They're all in business with each other. So this is another tentacle right, of the octopus. This is the A's, Amazon, American Mobile, American Express, 
AMTD, Anheuser-Busch. It's the same list we were just looking at for the most part. There may, these, they may have more here. Adobe, ADQ, AES, Agilent. These are just the A's. What if Arconic is in here? Um, what else do we have? AstraZeneca. These are just the A's. Look at them all. Axis Bank, Allied Bank. Get into the B's. Bank of China. Bank of America, Bank Madiri, Bank of Industry, Bank of King Dao. Lots of banks, Bangkok Bank, Banco Stafra Brazil, Block Power, Boeing, BNY Mellon, Briar Capital, Bridgewater Associates, Bright Seed. Look at them all. City, of course, Cisco, CVS. CVS, that's a big one, right? When you get into... Uh, what these guys are also doing with the WHO. Again, this is all part of this global network, right? You can see literally how this new world order is lining up, right? That's completely lining up under these companies that are going to judge you, judge you as a business and judge you as a person and deem whether you are worthy or not of getting a short-term or mid-term loan, credit, capital for your business. And in the case of the individual, the social credit score, right? So there's two models. There's one for the individual, one for the corporation, and, and they're all tied together, right? So they can do all of this without firing a single shot. They just choke off. They have choke points. This is really what this is about. These are choke points in that they can muscle people into accepting the terms and conditions of whatever kind of uh, new emergent network or platform that, you know, they want to push this thing into. And I think we have an understanding about it. Right. Um, I still have some, a bit of, pu I still have a bit of pushback on uh, the diet part, but who knows, you know, people are stupid enough to eat that shit. You know, they'll have their, their bug slurry. Um, I do think there's a plan B with this, but they will, they will run plan A until it looks like plan A may not be an option, but for plan A to not be an option, there, there's a lot that has to happen. You have, you literally have to break, um, the CIE and, and, and the ESG stuff. You have to break BlackRock and BlackRock is like the fifth you know, it's like the, the 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 fifth branch of the United States government now. It got in, in, in infested into the government during the Trump administration. So breaking BlackRock probably has got the fourth highest like income or 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 income quiddity of in the world, like like country wise, based on what we know, what certain countries have or don't have. BlackRock is a fucking country, and it's a powerful one. And they have interests in all these companies. They're on boards. They, 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 they own shares, you know, lots of shares. And if it's not BlackRock, it's one of BlackRock's so-called competitors. But they're all working towards the same goal here. And their goal is domination. And their goal is to transform the current paradigm that we're in. And they'll, they'll use 
these social issues as cudgels in order to do that. And they could probably, if people were um, that passive, they wouldn't have to fire a shot. They would just say yes to, you know, what's going on with uh, this coercion. And it's strong arming. It's really what it is. I mean, this is a form of extortion and it falls into this camp of these groups as gangs. And I've, and I've said for a long time now that, that politicians and, uh, and families, right? Like certain families, like the Bush family, the Clinton family, the Trump family, um, the Obama family, these are crime syndicates and that's what they are. And, and people in Nancy Pelosi, the Pelosi family is a crime syndicate. They're all crime syndicates and they, match up with one another sometimes and they work together and sometimes they don't sometimes there's a beef inside of the uh inside of the uh the, the families right clearly with trump there was a beef at one point in time i guess trump was a good soldier and he donated to all the right funds and all the right people and all the right candidates and then he decided he was going to do something different and uh they didn't like it now again when it came time to really take out the opposition, uh, Trump was about as I don't know, useful in doing that as uh, Jasper uh, driving my Lexus. He just wouldn't do it. He, he was like, oh, they're good people. They're good people. You didn't want, you just spent roughly five months saying how how they weren't good people, lock her up, lying, lying Hillary, right? And all of a sudden he does his pivot and about face, oh, we'll leave him alone, right? So he got what he needed to get and he probably did a deal with the other crime family. This is, I mean, this is, you know, what we, what we would hope is that at some point, you know, one of these families gets pissed at each other, you know, and then they they kind of break ranks, right? And now you have kind of an internecine war, you know, inside of the system itself. That would be fun to watch, actually. You know, if you go back and, and watch uh, Fistful of Dollars with Clint Eastwood, which is a brilliant movie. He basically plays both sides of this Mexican town against one another. You have um, sort of the, the, the local Mexican bandito brigade and their leader, and then you have an American family living in Mexico who deals with arms. And uh, and Clint Eastwood, definitely the Gemini, right, plays both sides against the middle. And sometimes he's in one camp and sometimes he's in the other camp. I mean, honestly, this is what would have to happen. And the only way that it could really happen is if um, AI was involved. Like if you had a Clint Eastwood character AI just based on that character from that movie. And then you, you taught the AI how to do that, right. How to create things like a double jeopardy and then turn the AI loose on these families. Well, that would be interesting, you know, cause AI could do all kinds of things. Could send out press releases, emails, right. I mean, that would be some fucking evil shit, you know, and that's the other side of, of, of this whole kind of Pluto and Aquarius um, world that we're in. And people 
automatically think that AI is evil and AI is, is going to, whoever, whoever dominates AI runs the world. And I think there's some truth to that. And wouldn't it be just delicious if AI realized that uh, people were being fucked over, right? So it was a combination of like a Clint Eastwood fistful of dollars in Robinhood AI. And, it, it, and then it would turn the tables on the system. You know, I don't think that that's out of the question, by the way. You know, I think that, that when we uh, move more into Pluto and Aquarius again next year, um, the highest range and the deep novelty will really, I think, take off. And come on over here. Let's go. You want to come over here. You can make it. Make that leap. Whoa, look at him. Jasper, the athlete. Doing his Knievel jump. Hey, Jasper. Let's say hi to everybody. Let's say hi to everyone. Astro cat. Yeah. Yeah. He's still in good shape. 13 years old. Yeah, you're still ticking, aren't you? Remember the old days when you and Rosie would get up on my uh, my podium, hang out? We might have to do the podium show again because uh, my mother is going to start to have a little bit of assistance here. So they'll have their thing downstairs and I might have to move my show upstairs. And uh, so we might go back to the podium. I like the podium shows. I get to stand up. I'm a little more, more physical and physically engaged. Right, Jasper? And you would like the podium show too, huh? You get to go up on the podium. That's right. So this is what we're dealing with. And this is, this is one of the problems by, by not having Trump in the White House. You know, by not having Trump in the White House, you, you've got this shit bag uh, for the uh, attorney general. He's not going to prosecute any of these companies. He's not going to go after BlackRock. He's not going to go after Vanguard. So you're going to have to do it on a state level. And some states will be will do it. Florida has done it. Um, I think Texas divested of uh, BlackRock from their pension stuff, which I think is really important, right? So the states are going to have to do something. You know, if, if you have an attorney general, and you never know, you might find an attorney general that is sympathetic to your cause in your state. And I think James Lindsay brings up uh, a good point in that what we're dealing with here is really like racketeering crime. And, and I, I would agree with him. You know, th this is, um, what do they call it? Uh, like antitrust laws. I, I think if the rights, if the right prosecutor in the with the right people, with the right suit in the right state, kind of went through this whole thing with um ESG and BlackRock and and even the uh, the group, the Human Rights Commission, right? And and gotta win. At a state level, that would be very interesting in terms of maybe going to the next level 
um, with a Supreme Court uh, ruling. Now, the, I wouldn't trust the Supreme Court at all. But if, if there's a precedent on a state level, it might mean something. It might mean something. At the very least, it might help your state um, not have to deal with these demands, right? Which, again, are really social extortion. It's what it is. Social extortion. This is this is a shakedown. This is a shakedown of the American corporations and American business and the American people, and not just the American people, global people. You know, they've already got this in Europe. And a lot of those companies that I that I uh, listed there, or that were listed on the World Economic Forum side as partners, are you are European companies. So this is how they plan on flipping everything. And and I and I guess next year all of uh, the Biden administration's environmental shit kicks in for the net net zero carbon stuff and man, I mean it is going to be a freaking headache. And I'll tell you one of the things that's going to happen is air travel is going to be really really expensive, really expensive, and you may be able to use like carbon offset credits um, for your air travel. Bill Gates always brings us on. I've got plenty of carbon offset credits so I can fly anywhere, right? So you may be, you may be able to do that. In fact, if you went on to southwest.com, you could actually buy offset credits. You can buy them. Anyway, that's coming. It's 2024, and it feels like the the knots get tighter in 2024, 2025, particularly the end of 2025, when Saturn and Neptune are in Aries. And man, oh man, is that going to be a paradigm change? You know, often with astrology, I try not to get too, uh, too doomy. I look at that conjunction and kind of dark right that that three-year period from 2026 to 2029 you know finally when saturn re-emerges into an earth sign in 2029 that three-year period is going to be really hard really really hard where we are now we're kind of in this weird um limbo state you know we're kind of in this weird purgatory but i think in 2024 they begin to move us out of the purgatory and you say, well, how much more hellish can it get? Well, I think we're, I think we'll we'll see we'll see, right? I do think with Pluto moving back into Capricorn retrograde, this will stabilize somewhat. But then when it comes back again, and uh, Pluto and Aquarius next year in December, it's like, it's like it's the clown show all over again, right, Jasper? Because that's what happened, right? It's like Pluto went into Aquarius. We just stuck our heads inside this portal to a weird fucking world, like Rick and Morty world. I mean, this, I mean, it just happened. You know, I mean, we Pluto went into Aquarius in uh, in March. And now it's about to go retrograde and go back. But just look at what's happened between March and, and now. It's like crazy, right? High strange. So 
there's more. Of course, there's more. Let's look at the, um, let's look at Tedros. This is what they're planning, right? I'm just here to keep you up to speed. Let's get a little volume on this. Uh, While this, the emergency phase criminal. of the COVID-19 pandemic is now over, investments in digital infrastructure remain an important resource for health systems and for economies and societies at large. Like many countries, the European Union made significant investments in COVID-19 certificates to help people move around as safely as possible during the pandemic. The European Union certification system was used by all 27 EU member states and more than 50 other countries. Building on the success of the EU system, WHO is proud today to launch the Global Digital Health Certification Network. So thank you so much to European uh, Union for the excellent certification system that you have transferred to us and we have the chance to build on it. WHO will begin operations of the network today with the existing COVID-19 certificate as a global public good. Soon after, we will expand this infrastructure by incorporating other use, such as a digitized international certificate of vaccine. I'm sorry, I can't even, I can't hear the guy. Let's go back to um, just the, uh, let's go back to just the sort of the clip, not the clip itself but um, the summary of the clip. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about international cert cert certificate of vaccination, routine immunization cards, and international patient summaries. Travel will depend on compliance with who dictates. So they're centralizing everything. Right? This, is, this is part of the, uh, the hub of what we would call the new world order. It's the centralization of all these different entities, which seem to be slightly disparate, but they're not. They're all connected together. The WHO, the UN, the World Economic Forum, these massive death stars, economic death stars like BlackRock and Vanguard and Stage Street. And then below them, you have the NGOs, like the Open Society. And, and when you put them all together, you have the octopus. You have the, you have the Kraken. You, you have the Hydra. That's, that's what we're dealing with. And what's challenging about the system that they are waiting in the wings to just put into place through compliance is that there is no head of the system right? There's no head. You have these people that are part of groups and foundations. And you got this guy, Tedros, who's ahead of the who, but you know, who, who is he? He's, he's a talking head. He's a talking head that, you know, will sell everybody on this planet down the fucking river. And so, but he's replaceable and they're all replaceable. You know, it's kind of like the, the TV show, the prisoner, and there would be a new number, whatever, right? So 
Patrick Magoon would be dealing with the new head of the island. They were all replaceable. And that's who these people are. They're just, yeah, a lot of ways, they're just NPCs. But they're, they're, they're uh, deadly NPCs in terms of, you know, what they're attempting to do in order to bring the world into the Great Reset and, uh, you know, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Um, I want to cover a couple other things here before, but I'm going to try to transition. Try, try to transition out a little bit and keep it slightly on topic. So Mickey Willis has a pandemic three, which is, I've not seen it yet. I, I, I enjoyed pandemic one. I thought it was quite good. I thought Judy Mikovits at that time was a real revelation. And um, I thought Mickey did a good job with uh, pandemic one. Pandemic two was okay. I had Mickey on my show. It was a terrible show because my uh, internet connection, and my computer was fucked. So it wasn't great. Um, the show, Plandemic 2 was good, not as good as Plandemic 1. But now we have Plandemic 3, and it's The Great Awakening. And it's it's interesting how people are receiving the, the video. I haven't watched it. Um, I will watch it, though, because I know people that have. And a friend of mine, good friend of mine in California who listens to the show, um, she was, you know, she saw it and she actually liked it. And, you know, she's somebody who I have seen evolve from being what I would call a progressive, a California progressive. And watching her hold her ground uh, during the pandemic and not get vaccinated with immense amounts of pressure, pressure from people close to her, pressure from absolute strangers. And she did not comply and she got through it. Right. And I could only imagine what it must've been like to live in a fucking place like Marin County during the pandemic and try to get goods and services. And, you know, because you're not going to find many people that would storm whole foods without a mask, you know, not like here in Texas. So I've watched her evolve and apparently one of the things that pandemic gets into is communism and how communism is rearing its ugly head again through these, uh, through these proxies, right. Through things like cultural Marxism and racism and, or uh, anti-whiteism, right. You know, the story, you know, the script. And I think that's, a large part of pandemic three. And it was very interesting to hear from her how people viewed that movie in her part of the world. Um, anytime communism was brought up or mentioned, they did not have a, how do I say this? A palatable um, view or taste for the, for the documentary right? They, they shot it down and they started pointing the fingers at um, globalist capitalists out of control America. And there's some truth to that, by the way, there is some truth to that, but they weren't acknowledging what was happening and what's been happening socially and what's happening uh, on the governance side. And 
it really pushed a lot of their buttons. And what's what I think is fascinating <clears throat> is that Mickey actually comes out of that world, not specifically Marin County, although he spent some time in Marin County, but more in like Ohio, right? Sort of the Southern California version of Marin County. Like that's kind of where Mickey came from. <clears throat> so for him to kind of move further to the right, you know, and a lot of people who I've, who I knew during that period when I was in California back in, well, shit, eighties, nineties, and two thousands, a lot of these people have done the same thing. Like David Wolf left California and moved to Texas and he's a meme master now. And David Wolf, you know, when I, when I knew him, he was a hipster. He was the avocado hipster. And now he's a Texan, right? Now he's an American. Even my friend, I've seen her move. When I say to the right, moving, you know, not to the right in a traditional sense, but right in the way that there's just this tacit understanding of what's right and what's wrong, right? It's a tacit understanding. And you don't need a postmodern social Marxist textbook to understand what's right or wrong. You don't. You don't. It's pretty simple, right? It becomes obfuscated when there are special interests involved. That's what happens. What do you think, Jasper? Look at Jasper. He is, he's like, he's, he's my wing cat today. Look at him. Jasper sees spirits. Anyway, I, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, because people, you know, and this goes all the way back to the uh, committee, House Committee of Un-American Activities, which was uh, headed by Joe McCarthy. And what they did during that time was they uh, they brought out, you know, the, the red threat. And the red threat was real, okay? they It was not. It, it was not like they were making shit up. There were people who were in Hollywood who had ties to the Communist Party. And a lot of their cinematic output, I showed you. I showed you with the Magnificent Seven reflected um, their views, right? So, but what they did is they, what, once they got to a certain point, then they began to disgrace McCarthy. And once McCarthy was disgraced, the movement was disgraced. And now people look back and then go, oh, the Red Scare. Oh, yeah. All, you know, all those paranoid Americans. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to believe in that. It's just so uncool. So unhip. And to this day, that, that, that permeates um, our social consciousness which keeps us from looking at certain things because it's just, Oh, that's a stupid conspiracy theory. And they can't even allow this information. They, they invested so much time and effort in debunking the things that Mickey was saying in pandemic three, that they couldn't even look at the truth that was in that movie and I haven't seen it, but I guarantee you there's 
there's probably a few truth nuggets in there. But from what I could see with uh, what my friend was saying, that they weren't even acknowledging it. They weren't, they weren't acknowledging it. And they, I think they actually called Mickey a fascist, which I don't think that's the case at all. Are you going to the crown? Uh-oh, he's going back to the crown. I know, she was in your crown. He doesn't want to go there now because she was in his crown. Reclaim it. Put your scent in there. Come on, you can do it. You're the king. Reclaim that crown. Anyway, um, wanted to do a few other things before we get out of here today. I bookmarked this. And this is from a woman named uh, Asra Nomani. And she wrote a book called The Woke Army. And I guess this is in Montgomery County, Maryland. Montgomery County Public Schools recently refused to allow parents to opt out of indoctrination that relates to issues of sexuality and gender. As a Muslim feminist, here, let me give you guys the visual. I don't agree. With many of the conservative interpretations of my Muslim community, but I do believe they believe in the integral right of parents to parent. During the Obama administration, Muslim groups aligned with far-left interest groups that actually contradicted the socially conservative beliefs of many Muslims. This was not going to sustain itself. I knew I chronicled this unholy alliance in my book, Woke Army. Steve, she'd be a good guest. Let's see if we can get her on the show. She'd be a good guest. That'd be, that'd be a cool interview. Sure enough, the hard left came after the one interest that no mama bear or papa bear is going to surrender our kids. Stay tuned for more reporting from the trenches of the war to save America's children. So you can see here, let me pop this up. Hey you guys, so I'm here in Montgomery County, Maryland, and you can hear the noise is loud, right? This is what's happening here. There's a woman in the army is dead. The Wolf Army is not alive anymore because what has happened is they came after the kids. And so I don't agree with the religious interpretation of many people within the conservative Muslim community, but what I do believe in is parental rights. And I want you to meet some of the people here. You can see a diverse crowd of many people Look at that. If you're on the left, how is that not a mind fuck? Right? Like you're so used to dealing with 
you know, Karen in a MAGA cap. It, now you're dealing with, I don't know, Shahari with a burqa. Like, good luck with that. That is some rich cognitive dissonance. Oh, you thought they were your allies. Yeah, no. They're extremely conservative when it comes to their kids. They're extremely conservative when it comes to sex roles. For the most part, there's some high strange, like in some places in the Middle East. But by and large, it's pretty binary, right? And they brought, you brought them all over here. And now you've awakened the, uh, the beast. And I've been saying all along with Pluto and Aquarius, we've got strange bedfellows. And now you have this group of individuals who don't want you to talk. So to that group of individuals, pull your kids out of school, right? Maybe you should have them in some kind of, I don't know, Muslim school. Or at the very least, homeschool them. Because the environment that you've allowed your children to be in will chew them up and spit them out. And in an environment like that, where you have what I would say very rigid mores, standards, ethics, and roles, and then you take their kids and you put them into uh, an environment where they're being taught something very, very different. Um, I would say the torque on their psyches would be extreme. Like really extreme. And they don't really understand or know where this is all going to go. Like you, you get a young Muslim male and you, you start torquing his world. He might burn the fucking school down. You don't know, like the, when you start to, when they start to really push the boundaries with social engineering in ways that they have never really done it before, they don't know what's coming. There are unexpected consequences or unintended consequences of something like this. So we're seeing it now. I guess there's another thing that was happening in LA with the Armenian community kind of the same deal, right? So you have these deeply ethnic communities, many of whom are Muslims, that are saying, no, we don't want this. Now, the unfortunate thing is that we're fighting this battle on a lot of different fronts. Again, the idea of the Kraken or the octopus. And while we're out here on the streets with the culture war, with kids and gender and all the things that go along with that, the environmental stuff is being pushed through. You know, all the carbon net zero stuff is being pushed through. So this is how their game works, right? This is their strategy. And is it important to deal with that stuff on, you know, the ground floor? I would say yes, but the best thing you can do is probably pull your kids out of school. Just pull them out. Not everybody can do it, but if you have people in your community, you can team up and you can, you can do that sort of thing. And, um, you know, if I'd had the right, the right person in my life, 
I wouldn't have been opposed to that. I, I would have done it. I certainly would have done it. But you need the right person so that they can participate and say, yeah, I'm down with that. Um, so that's another thing that's going on right now, right? There's, there's these interesting alliances. You know, and just like you, know, you have all these different tentacles that are, that are part of the octopus or the kraken, you know, we're starting to form some unique relationships and in, in bonds where we find we have more in common with people that maybe we didn't think at a certain point in time. I remember going back into the uh, sort of the early days of COVID, right? You had um, all these really hardcore um, Orthodox Jewish mothers in New York that would not vaccinate their kids. And they were on board with not vaccinating their kids even before COVID. You know, and they send the rabbi over, oh, you should vaccinate your son. And they would just tear into this guy's ass. He didn't stand a chance against some of these women. I played those videos before, by the way. So in Pluto and Aquarius, new teams are forming. You know, new teams, new combinations. Uh, I think it's interesting, right? I think it's an interesting energy that's been introduced into the system where all of a sudden we we have more in common than we thought we did at any point along the way. And I have to say that what the Bush administration did uh, to the Muslim people was criminal, absolutely criminal. And, um, you know, there's always a way to, to, to work through things. There's always a way to... Uh, truly nation build without having to tear things down. But of course they would be able to build back better if that was the case. Um, what was I going to do? I was going to play another song. You know, it's Prince's birthday. Maybe we should get out of here with some Prince. Why don't we do that? I can, I can edit this out. Let's play another tune. What kind of a Prince song can we play here? Give me a second. Uh, okay, I know what I'll play. Um, it's one of my favorite Prince songs. Because I was going to play him ahead, ahead of the show, at the top of the show. Let's get out of here. Let's take a little little psychedelic journey. Why don't you uh, 